Welcome back to another episode of Give Me Some Truth. It's Dan in the studio with Nate and Mitch. Guys, thanks for joining me today. A, a very important topic that we will cover today in a very brisk room, which Nate likes, apparently, and I don't. Two things. First of all, it's funny to me how Dan, like the minute like the mic comes on, it's a totally different voice. Oh, yeah. It's, I, a, it's a way different. Like, it literally, <laughs> like, all of a sudden he started talking, and I was like, what? I thought I was that? tuning into a Sun Prairie baseball game. Yeah. It, 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 it's almost, like, disarming a little bit to be like, who is this person? Why why is he talking like that? Great radio voice. You know, wow. I, don't, I don't even realize I do it, honestly. It's just one of those things where it's second nature. See, now that right there sounded more like your normal voice right there. Yeah, you can, but you when call you me first out started, it was like, wow, this is... You're listening to the radio. Yeah, it was very, very... Uh, uh, I don't know. I've never heard that before. Uh, and we were also talking about the temperature in this room. You You made a claim that you sweat more when it's cold in a room. Yeah. Not like facial sweat, but just like, you know, underarms and just like sweating through shirts for whatever reason. Like if it's freezing in a room, I just, so I'll go through shirts. Are you anxious or nervous in the cold? Is yeah. that the, the physiological sort of response like, to the cold? Maybe my body like just, you know, thinks that they're very similar. Wow. So, I don't know. Hmm. I think Weird. I'm on the opposite side of that one. Yeah, I think the rest of the, just po- like the, rest of the population <laughs> is on the opposite side of that one. Uh, I don't want to lose too many listeners, though, with yeah, this, right, this banter exactly. that, you know, I, I'm all alone in. Um, but our, our topic today is three reasons to hire a financial advisor, three reasons to fire a financial advisor. It seems like a really obvious podcast topic, um, but I think it's it, it's important to to talk about, at least obvious from a, you know, a financial advisor doing this this podcast topic. But I think it's, you know, certainly some some things to think about on both sides. And you know, we'll start on the the reasons to hire a financial advisor. And uh, Nate, you're kind of the brains of the operation here. Uh, wow. Why don't you Why don't you lead into it uh, and kind of the the ideas that we have um, going into today's podcast? Yeah, I think the one thing we all uh, in putting together the topic and kind of talking through it, we wanted to be careful as it it didn't come across as um, you know incredibly self serving. I mean, obviously, this is our industry, this is our business, this is what we do. So it's easy for us to say this is why you should hire a financial advisor. And so I think we wanted to be careful, you know, that it didn't become a, a you know a Walkner kind of advertisement. This is these are our opinions, and this is something that we would tell somebody, even if you decided not to hire one of the advisors here at our firm. Think about these things when you do hire an advisor, because um, while again these are our opinions, uh, I, I think there's a fair amount of of thought that we've put into these reasons. And again, whether it was um, the decision was to hire uh, somebody here on Monroe Street or somebody on a different uh, in a different city in a different part of the world, for that matter, uh, think about these things when you do that, because we, we truly believe that there are people in this industry that do things the right way. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people in this industry that don't. For sure. And I think one of the two high level themes that we talked about was there's a why and there's yeah. a when. And these these two different things can cause people to actually seek out and talk to and interview and ultimately hire an advisor. But the why is going to be important for sure as far as you know, do you need that co-pilot? Do you just need a, a second opinion or an objective opinion? I should say, somebody that you can—we like the, the quote "sounding board." Throw something at as a sounding board, right? And those are some of the whys. But then the when are some of the life events, right? Job change, whether it's maybe it's a promotion or a 
Fortunately, in some cases, a layoff, big liquidation event. Had a child. Had a child, right? Retirement. Retirement. Someone dies in the family. Mm-hmm. All those are kind of the the when, right? Where there's this immediate sudden life change. And that would, in some cases, prompt you to speak to a professional. Right. And I think that let's we'll go back to the first one, the idea of the, the why, because I think that that's... Um, it's more so the reason why people do hire an advisor is because <clears throat> either A, they want that co-pilot that Mitch is talking about, and we actually get that a fair amount with clients. The The idea that uh, they probably have the aptitude um, and maybe not the expertise of an advisor or maybe not the, the, the time to dedicate to it, but maybe they do have enough wherewithal and they've studied it enough where they could do it uh, fairly well on their own, but they just feel like they want to have that that person that sits in, in the passenger seat with them and helps them on the journey. And I think that encompasses a fair number of our existing clients that would define themselves that way. Probably have the smarts to do it completely on their own if they wanted to, but they don't. And that makes sense to me as, as a reason why you would hire an advisor. Oh, for sure. And think of Probably, I'd probably say most of our clients are smarter than us, right? Is that true? I, I wouldn't want to sit down with an IQ test against some of our clients. I'll put it that way. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, no. And in, sure. in, in their respective fields, right? Absolutely. And Absolutely. we have some really smart, brilliant clients, I would say. And they, they very well, if they had the time or the energy or the desire, right. they could probably learn some of this stuff on their own. But the fact of the matter is, we do this day in and day out, right? Right. And, and they just, they want to have that professional in their life to, to do it for them. They're, they might have no desire. Sure. They might have the brains to do it, but in our field, we know what we're doing here. Right. And, and I think that that's the idea is to, to look at the, um, the collaborator approach. And, and I think it's important to understand for a prospective client that they, that they themselves have defined why they are hiring an advisor, that they have kind of identified the reason why, because if it's just, well, my parents had an advisor, therefore I should have one, or, well, it seems like the right thing to do. Those aren't good enough reasons, in my opinion. You really want to understand why you're doing this, because that will then help you to define which is the right advisor for you in your life. For sure. And and a lot of times it just comes down to the confidence in what they're trying to accomplish, right? Right. That's what they're looking for. Right. In a, yeah. in a simplified way, do they have the confidence in what they're trying to achieve from a financial perspective, of course. But um, and it I turns out a lot of things are connected to, to finances in life. Yeah. And, and, and the, the idea that, you know, you can get it wrong. And if you get it wrong, it is painful. It's quite painful. Uh, people that went through 08, 09 and unfortunately, quote, got it wrong either by taking too much risk with their portfolio or not understanding the risk that their portfolio was taking uh, or, you know, was following you know, a, a stock picker, for example, and they got the stock pick wrong. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why 0809, you know, w- was very, very painful for people financially. But I think um, people understood quickly whether or not the advisor that they had during those times uh, was the right advisor for them. So for sure. Um, another offshoot of the, the, the why, which I thought was an interesting one, uh, is just the idea of complexity, right? And the idea that our lives get more complex as we get older and the more complex they get, the harder it is to navigate your financial life uh, with the deft touch that's, that's needed in a lot of cases. Definitely. And, and I think back to 
for example, when I first got out of college, wasn't too terribly complex of a situation, you know, from a financial planning perspective. It's like, all right, I get my, my first job, start getting an income. All right, let's stuff as much in my 401k as I can. Let's try to max out the Roth IRA. I think I was using a target day fund probably at the time. Sure. It was appropriate at that time. That worked fine. Yeah. Right. And then as things continue to evolve, I get married, have kids, that changes by a house. A lot by a house, right? So just in from 22 to 32, let's say there's a fair amount of change that gets there. A lot of complexities. Right. And oh, by the way, there's been some changes to the tax code during that time. There will be again, more than likely in the, in the upcoming future, we'll say whether that's Congress actually takes some action or the current law sunsets, right? Which it right. will. So complexity the is, state laws. yeah, yeah. Huge, huge part of it. Right. So, um, with that added complexity, kind of a tie into what we were talking about initially is, is having that person to, to help focus down into the, the core things that are important, important to you in your situation. Right. So all these complex things that are seemingly all over the place and sometimes they don't seem connected or don't make sense, but it's, what are we actually focusing on here? How can we paint a very clear picture to what matters for you in, in your actual situation? Yeah. And, and I think that the complexity reason is a great reason to hire an advisor because I think there's times, as you alluded to, Mitch, and your, your arc as, as, a, as a professional is, is uh, similar to a lot of people. And, um, you know, Dan's on that similar arc, but a few steps behind by way of the, you know, family and kids and house and things like that, but following a similar path, right? And I can distinctly remember being where you guys are more or less where, where you guys are now um, when I was at that point. And so, and I can attest that it even gets more complex after that. And so complexity or just recognizing that, hey, my life has gotten complex and I need some help here is a great reason to hire a financial advisor. Yeah, absolutely. And, and some of the examples aren't, aren't anything too crazy too. I think of the people that say, oh, you know, this changing tax law, I've been reading about this or that in the news and maybe it's, maybe it's related to the state tax exemption that's going to be lowered. Or we saw, oh, taxes are going to go up. Does that right. mean I should cash out my entire tax deferred IRA? Well, hold on. Right. Let's, let's talk about this, right? right? Well, so like how about some, a uh, certification you're going through right now for people that have employee stock options? There you go. Yeah, I mean, that can be incredibly complex. complex. Right. Holy cow. Yeah, people think there, there was, was it E-Trade back in the day? or uh, No, it was a Coke commercial, Coca-Cola, I want to say. They were talking about, um, I'm going to have to find this. Dan, we're going to find this. We're going to post it because I'm butchering this already. But there was a commercial back mm. in the day, I think I referenced it in the past blog, of some negotiation where um, I think that the line was and, where the, this guy kept on asking and. And in the job interview, the the boss or his future boss um, said, and we're going to you know pay you X amount of dollars. And, and the prospective employee says, and, and he goes, and stock options. And a lot of people just think, oh, stock options, that's just one thing, right? Stock option, that's that's something, sure. right? And they then are we talking that. Are we talking from your employer? Are we talking, you know, on the publicly traded market? Right. Um, and then even amongst the employer side, it's like is there's- Is it an RSU? Is it an ISO? Is yeah. it a- is it, a, it turns is it out a, RS, restricted stock, is different than an RSU. Right, right. Handled differently from a tax perspective. It's like, holy cow, there are so many different things and levels of complexity 
some people literally don't even realize that they have incentive stock options, non-qualified stock options. They're participating in the employee stock purchase plan. Their employer is matching stock in the 401k, et cetera, et cetera. They don't even know the difference between those hand, handful of things. Right. They just, they si- they just simply think, I have stock options. Right. Right. So yeah. I say that because my, I was asked my brother a similar question the other day, and he, he said he had, he had stock in the company. I'm like, what do you mean? Because yeah. it's not just, you know, <laughs> stock. Right. Right. There's specific types. So just from a, you know, an outside financial advisor perspective, I mean, that is very much the case, at least anecdotal evidence for you there of someone right. thinking they have stock options, but have, having no clue where to even start with those and what they mean. Right. Yeah. And, the, and, and, and in, in the city we're in, in Madison, I mean, they're very popular because Madison is a, is a um, heavy you know, science and research based, uh, you know, a lot of science and based research based companies are, are founded and, and, and operate in Madison. And that's a very popular benefit, um, addition, uh, for their employees and wow, they get complex and wow, they get impactful on somebody's plan really quickly because if that company starts doing, doing really well, that can all of a sudden turn into a half, three quarters, hundred percent of your overall net worth can be sitting in those stock options. And if you don't realize that and you don't understand the impact that that might have, you could do yourself some, some real damage. And so that's a great example of complexity and, and why, um, when things get to that point in your life, uh, that's a pretty good indication for when you should look at hiring an advisor. Um, and, and we'll just briefly, you know, the, 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 the timing of it, the when's, um, you know, not, not a great deal to unpack there, but when things change, you had a baby, you, you, you got married, you bought a house, you sold a house. Like Mitch said, somebody passed away, somebody, you know, gifted you money, somebody, you inherited money. I mean, those are the whens. all of the whens are, are a pretty good time to kind of think about whether or not you need some advisory help as well. For sure. And not to, to go next to the, beyond the whens, but we talked about the flip side of the coin, right? And and some of these are kind of just the exact opposite. But we also wanted to talk a little bit about, well, when should you potentially consider firing an advisor, right? right? And this happens, right? For the most part, we see a lot of clients that are with us for a long time. Um, but what are some of the reasons that you might want to consider shopping around or firing your existing advisor? Yeah, and, and I think that anytime you think of the idea of hiring, right, you also have to think about the idea of firing. And while um, we assume that we're going to make the correct decision in the first the first time around, and and we'll never have to think about having to make the decision again or moving from one to the other, these things happen. And sometimes they happen um, for for logistical reasons. You move to a different city, or you know, the, the your advisor retires, or whatever it might be. So it's not always because of bad reasons. But we're going to talk about three that we um, think are important and, and almost an encouragement to people that if you're in these positions, um, you know, think about moving on because uh, this is your money and this is your future. So uh, what, what are one of the three that we came up with, Mitch, as to why you would look at firing an advisor? Fit. So interestingly enough, when we are meeting clients for the, or prospective clients, I should say, for the very first time, common phrase around here is that we have a fit meeting right? Is there a fit? And then again, that's on the higher side, but on the other side, if you know that there's not a good fit and there can be many different reasons for that, if, if you're just not feeling there's a good fit, then it might be time to start 
seeing what else is out there. So fit can be related to how that advisor is structured from a business perspective. It could be a chemistry thing, right? Maybe you just don't jive with that person, whether it's simply you're just not on the same page when it comes to what you're trying to accomplish. Or um, I'm trying to think what else fit wise. What um, when, think, when they're talking to you, right? When you're having a conversation, are they just talking way over your head? Right. Getting into some weeds that you have no idea what they're talking about. And they're, they're not cognizant enough to, to even acknowledge the fact that you just simply are not following the conversation. Right. I think communication to me, um, dovetailing on what you said, Mitch, is a huge, a huge component of, of the uh, advisor-client relationship. And one thing that, that I, I want prospective clients to be aware of, or clients just in general, if you don't understand how your advisor is explaining something to you or what they're recommending or anything within the, within the relationship, that is not your fault. That is the advisor's fault for not explaining it in a way you understand. And I've been there, by the way. You know, I just want the client to know that they have every right to interject and stop right. and say, hey, hold on, let's, let's revisit that. Can you start over? Right. Right. And then that, that, I've done that for sure. Absolutely. Um, I've said to people many times, I've said, it's my, if you don't understand, then it's my job to phrase it and explain it in a different way. And if I have to do that 10 different ways, that's my job. I'm the professional. If I can't do that and explain something in multiple ways to a point where you understand it, then that's on me. That's not on you as the, as the client to understand the way, the jargon that we use in our industry, it's our job to be able to break it down in such a way that you understand, um, you know, what recommending or, or, uh, you know, an intricate part of your plan. So don't ever feel bad if, if you're in a scenario with an advisor and you don't understand what they're talking about, uh, either say something or find an advisor that will speak to you in such a way that you understand. Yeah. I think our goal is for our clients to be comfortable enough to interject and, and not feel ashamed of asking those questions. Right. right. That's the type of environment in that meeting that we're trying to establish. Cause if we don't do a good job of explaining it the first time around, Nate's always got analogies. I mean, you are the king of coming up with analogies, real life scenarios, you know, that can relate to some sort of potentially more complex financial topic. Yeah. I mean, it's most people, if you can paint them a picture, they'll understand. And so again, if you don't, if, if your advisor doesn't have that, um, kind of that creative, um, stripe in their brain to be able to explain something in a way that you understand, then maybe that's not the best advisor for you to be with. Yeah. Another thing that we talked about too is fiduciary. Now, of course, Nate kicked this off with, with this podcast of saying, yeah, these are our opinions, right? And we, we strongly believe in being a fiduciary and that people should work with a fiduciary advisor, right? So again, there are advisors out there that aren't necessarily held to the fiduciary standard, we're set up in a fiduciary capacity and, and that's because we believe that that's the best way to, to serve and advise our clients. So that's another thing that could very well be a deal breaker when it comes to the, the type of setup and structure that your advisor is operating in. And, and for us, that's the fiduciary standard. Yeah. The, the, uh, and again, just a really quick uh, breakdown. And, and if you Google the word fiduciary financial advisor, I mean, you'll, you'll be, inundated with articles written. This is a, a very, very much so has been a hot topic in our industry for at least the last five to 10 years. Um, a fiduciary 
when you say it that way as an advisor that adheres to the fiduciary standard of care, which simply means that the advisor needs to do what's in the client's best interest at all times. And that is, again, as Mitch said, our opinion, uh, but that is what you should strive for. You should find an advisor that is a fiduciary in every transaction that, that they work with with you. It gives you the protection to know from a, from a legal standpoint that they are doing in your best interest. And it, it's just, it, it's the... The, the industry has evolved to that point now where the clients, in our opinion, should demand that that be the standard that they are, uh, the standard of care that, that is being used in their relationship. And real quick, just to highlight Nate's comment of at all times, right? There's, there's right. scenarios and right. setups where you could be a fiduciary on the retirement accounts, for example, but, you know, brokerage account, that's a whole different ballgame, right? Right. Fiduciary at all times. Right. Client's interest ahead of any of the advisor's own personal interests. Absolutely. And the, the last one that we came up with for why you would look to fire an advisor, and this one seems obvious, but unfortunately, I don't think people necessarily, um, maybe, maybe they, they just rationalize it away. If you've lost trust in your advisor, that needs to be a, a, an immediate red flag that you need to move on. Uh, loss of trust, it would be like losing trust in a doctor. Uh, I don't know that you would continue to seek out the advice of a doctor if you had, for whatever reason, lost trust in his or her opinion. And the same should go absolutely for financial advisors. Yeah, exactly. One of the things we talked about briefly preparing for this was related to doctors, right? Like surgery. If you don't trust a doctor when they're actually opening you up to do surgery, holy cow, get me out of there, right? <laughs> right. right. There's no way you're about to do something. Now, life-changing surgery or open-heart surgery or something, we're not comparing ourselves to surgeons necessarily, right? <laughs> right, no, but... Get away. The concept, <laughs> the concept is the same, right? If trust is lost, right. you should seriously reconsider the professional you're seeking. Yeah, it, again, it, it seems obvious, but unfortunately, I think too many times people want to give the benefit of the doubt. And that's a, it's, it's a great attribute for people to have to, that they want to, to see the, the best in other people. But if the trust piece of it has been violated, be very careful that you're not just glossing over that or, or assuming that that's your, your fault or your, or your responsibility to build that trust back up. I mean, none of that is the case. I mean, you've lost trust with your advisor. Uh, you know, th that's the point at which you should look to, to move on to a different advisor. And be careful if you find yourself in the point where, because back to the communication point where if your advisor is communicating something and, and sometimes you just might not necessarily understand some particular financial topic, right? Um, and that's why you do trust a professional to help explain it and guide you through it. But if you find yourself feeling that they're trying to you know, use all these fancy terms and, and just kind of smoke and mirrors and like throw all these kind of buzzwords at you to almost make it more confusing. Don't necessarily to default that, oh, I don't, I don't really know finances. So therefore, right. you know, I should just willingly completely trust this person, right? If you start feeling that, right. maybe there's a reason. So, you know, explore a little deeper. And if, if trust is broken, that's another one of those times you can maybe start to consider talking to someone else. Yeah. That's the, uh, th that's kind of the, th at least for today, for now, for our thoughts on this, the three reason why, the three reasons why uh, to hire with three reasons to fire. Um, if you have other thoughts on it, or if it, if it, if it kind of uh, got to a point where you were thinking as you were listening to this, I, I don't know, I wonder, is this time to move on? 
give us a call and let us know. We'll talk you through whether or not we even think. Maybe maybe we would recommend that it's not the time for you to move on from your current advisor. And maybe it was just a situation where there's a little miscommunication. But if you want a second opinion on something like that, uh, just even a, hey, here's how my current advisor is treating me. Do you think this is reasonable or not? You know, let us know. That's why we're here. And existing clients, we'd love for you to stay. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't fire us. <laughs> and if you're in a situation where you're not happy with us right now, talk to us. We can't be better for you if we don't know uh, that, that you're not happy about something. There's always the option to move abroad and uh, join our expat team. And have that one is of true. Be we have the expat team. So if you decide, to, you don't have to leave the country just to, uh, to get different representation. <laughs> Well, awesome. Thanks again, guys, for uh, for joining me in the in the studio today. It's becoming the, the regular crew, it seems. Uh, uh, Give Me Some Truth lately. So, so thanks again. Make sure to uh, follow us, subscribe to Give Me Some Truth wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, drop us a like on social media. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you soon. Walker Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walker Conan Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific security investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.